Technology leaders are facing unprecedented challenges around cybersecurity and regulatory compliance today, greatly increasing their workloads and their stress levels too. Yet many lack the resources to hire the specialist experts needed to ensure they're fully protecting their organization's faster growing business and customer data sets, not only from malicious actors, but also their own staff amid the rising risks of work from home arrangements. And as some organizations have discovered the hard way, this is not just an IT problem anymore. CEOs and the board are subject to more stringent compliance rules these days, which means they're accountable for any damage security breaches might cause. So it's even more important for organizations to know they have a trusted partner that has their back. Hi, I'm David Binning, Associate Editor with CIO. Welcome to the second of this two-part series produced in partnership with Canon Business Services, sister companies Harbour IT and Converge BPO and CIO Australia on maintaining business agility and data security with the cloud post-COVID. In episode one, designing the right cloud architecture to power digital transformation, we discussed the critical role being played by cloud technologies over the past 18 months and the sorts of issues CIOs need to be addressing to ensure they're getting the best performance management and visibility, as well as value for money. In this, the second and final episode, adopting a risk-based approach to address increasing cybersecurity and compliance challenges. We'll be discussing the dramatic shifts seen across the cybersecurity landscape since the onset of COVID-19. It's emerging as much as cultural as a technical issue for CIOs to work through and bring the entire organization with them on the journey, which now demands a complete redesign of current strategies to combat cyber attacks and maintain the integrity of ever-growing and more sensitive business data repositories. Joining me now from Canon Business Services are CEO Luke Clark and Raj Ketia, General Manager, Managed Services. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Good to be here. Luke, if I could start with you, to what extent has the threat of cyber attack increased for organizations over the last 18 months, obviously, since the, the beginning of the pandemic? And, and what now beyond? Yeah, thanks, David. The cybersecurity is you know, definitely on, on the rise. You only have to look in the media every day and, and look at examples over the last 18 months and a couple of years, especially when it comes to ransomware. But it's a big business, right? I think there's predictions that it will be a $6 trillion worldwide cost this year, double 2015. So I think the, the third largest economy in the world. So it's big business. And when you relate it to the pandemic, I think it's part of the cause as, as how we've had to respond to making technology changes quickly. And in some cases, maybe not putting the same level of risk assessment that CIOs normally would to stand up people working from home quickly or getting businesses online. So we're seeing IT leaders needing to reassess and you know sometimes retrofit stronger controls and it, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough environment for CIOs and IT leaders generally, and it's changing every day, right? It's There's something new every day to keep everyone on their toes. Yeah, look, I mean, that, that, that's extraordinary that the, the size of, of the cyber criminal world or the value of it is would, would place it as one of the third largest countries in the world. Obviously, extraordinary volumes of cyber attacks that we're seeing, but not only increased volumes, but also increased sophistication, right, Raj? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and to Luke's point, the volume increase is just undeniable. We've seen a 600% uptick in cybercrime since the start of the pandemic with ransomware specifically yeah. up about 350%. And what we've observed is that the targets have been pretty varied, impacting small to medium organisations as well as large enterprise, which demonstrates to us that executing a really well thought out, robust Security strategy, regardless of a company's size, is absolutely imperative. Making investments in things like security incident response, 
next-gen backup and recovery tool sets, as well as better endpoint management, has to be front and center in those organization security strategies. And what companies have come to expect from a secure MSP is the ability to institute a sophisticated method of mitigation. So as those attacks, as you say, David, have become more and more sophisticated, our methods to mitigate have had to stay a couple of steps ahead along yeah. the way. So yeah. as an example, the use of immutable backup. So most ransomware attacks are complex enough to target backup data first. So it's absolutely crucial that business data is protected and having immutable backups means that data can't be altered or modified in any way after it's been written. So it gives IT leaders a bit of peace of mind. Yeah. And from a recovery uh, standpoint, a rapid recovery standpoint, using features like instant recovery allows for rapid recovery of VMs in the result of something like a ransomware attack. We have personally leveraged tools like Rubrik on numerous occasions to restore rapidly using instant recovery um, and having the level of confidence that the data was not compromised due to the immutable nature of those backups. So look, the outcome has been for our customers that we've seen those recovery time objectives, otherwise known as RTOs, we've seen them drop literally from a number of days in some cases down to just a couple of hours. That's been a real success story. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, obviously, since before the pandemic, cybersecurity has, has moved, certainly moved from being something that only the CIO and, and, and relatively new role so-so should concern themselves about. But we're seeing, obviously, the, the CEOs and boards are now uh, increasingly accountable. Absolutely. You know, um, increasing regulation around privacy and information security it's been something that's been around for a while, whether it's APRA standards or PCI DSS or ISO 27001, or there's plenty of them to choose from. You know, they've always put uh, obligation and highlighted it for CIOs, but it's really only in recent years, I think, that we've seen legislation specifically, like, for example, Mandatory Reporting and Privacy Act or the APRA standards that have defined personal liability for company directors. And, and that makes them understandably very interesting than in, in information security. You think about it, it makes sense, right? Information security is not an IT issue. It's a business-wide issue that needs to be dealt with and something that I know as a CEO is important and what are the frameworks that you need to make sure are in place across your organisation. And we talk about culture, but you know, culture of information security matters will be much more important and questioned by the board. And we're talking about, you know, for a CIO, it's getting harder to explain that to board members, right? If you, Raj was nicely talking about immutable backups and going and trying to explain immutable backups to a board isn't going to probably get you very far. But if you keep that simple and you, I think, keep it around risk, boards understand risk. Yeah. You can explain it from a risk versus mitigation perspective. You know, you'll get what you need and you'll get comfort from, from the board and people that aren't necessarily going to understand, you know, the ins and outs of information security or technology to mitigate the risk. CEOs really need to work on embedding a culture of information security matters. Information assets are important because at the end of the day, if, if the business doesn't understand or end users don't understand that it's important, they won't make the right decisions and you'll be exposed no matter what tool sets you put in, in place and no matter what investment you make. Well, fair enough. Presumably, this really needs to be a, a top-down 
cultural realignment, not just a cybersecurity realignment. Yeah, absolutely. And CEOs are under pressure from boards and CIOs are under pressure from CEOs and, and that flows down. But it really comes down to people understanding why they need to behave differently and do things differently in, in such a high-risk environment. And certainly they, they do need to get their acts together to understand it. And if they're not, the, the CIOs need to be helping them. I was doing some research recently on cybersecurity and not to be too alarmist, noted there's been a sharp increase in the number of CEOs that had actually been fired over the last couple of years due to cybersecurity breaches. So, so there we have it, CIOs. You need to be helping your CEOs and improving their awareness about the broader cybersecurity landscape and, of course, their responsibilities in dealing with it. Back to you, Raj. Tech leaders have never been so distracted by cybersecurity. What are some of the ways in which they can lighten the load to ensure they're focused on actually supporting and driving the business? So firstly, we, I completely agree. It's, it's our experience that there are definitely elements of cybersecurity that are just really distractions for some of our IT leaders. And we feel that leaders just need to be able to discern those elements of cybersecurity which are worthy of their intimate involvement, their active involvement, against those that they can partner to deliver sometimes better outcomes for. There are components such as the definition of cyber strategy or the alignment of cyber with the business or regulatory imperatives, which Mm. are likely to remain a key focus for IT leaders. But there are other elements like the management of vulnerabilities like patching, like managing endpoint security, security incident management, they can be decoupled, productized, and delivered to a contracted service level with a bit of commercial backing behind it as well. And look, that effectively gives those IT leaders some peace of mind that sometimes these these onerous tasks, these distracting tasks, as, as David, you indicate there, are being managed by a trusted provider somewhere in the background. And look, we've had a couple of recent examples, and I'll draw one with a couple of these zero-day vulnerabilities, which appear to be coming out every other week. The last one that comes to mind is Print Nightmare, where some of these threats get advertised, they get exploited long before patches are released. And what that ultimately results in is manual configuration and hardening having to be instituted across really large fleets of devices, sometimes hundreds, if not thousands. And having that trusted partner in your corner allows ability for businesses to leverage a workforce that can undertake those large-scale activities en masse and at pace, whilst those IT leaders can focus on the broader security strategy. And back to Luke's point, providing their stakeholders and providing their boards with an increased level of confidence in a real depth, true security capability. Yes, CIOs and CISOs can't really continue on in a, in a mode of whack-a-mole, really, can they? As you say, then you really need to, to figure out how to handle cybersecurity in a much smarter way, because otherwise they're just going to lose their mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's, there's, there is a selection of those low-value and onerous activities, which, are, which is just ripe for, for, for that partnering approach from our perspective. And of course, presumably a fair bit of it can be automated these days. And I imagine, you know, the automation story is going to look pretty interesting down the track as well with regards to MSPs and how they're helping manage that sheer sheer volume of cybersecurity heavy lifting. 
Without a doubt, without a doubt. And that just gives an, an additional level of service assurance when it comes to the dependability and the consistency of, of ensuring those environments are secure. You're absolutely right. And moving forward, I mean, obviously the last 18 months, as I mentioned in, in the previous episode of this series, we're probably going to look back over the last 18 months in the IT industry and, and there will never be a time like it. Do you think, Raj, that, that moving forward, we really do need a completely new organizations and CIOs and CISOs need a completely new cybersecurity model? Is what we have at the moment adequate? Do we need need to really rebuild something new? Oh, look, without a shadow of a doubt from our perspective. So considering that, let's say, the secure delivery of service is no longer a nice to have. It's not an option that we expect customers to be able to tick when inquiring about some product or some service. They expect that it's embedded in the core delivery of that service in the way in which that particular product works. And from our standpoint, from a cloud management perspective as an example, investing in MSP grade tool sets like we use, like we use Snow's cloud management platform, and that can provide visibility on a single pane of glass across potentially disparate environments, whether they be private, public, hybrid setups, you can provision, you can automate, you can optimize, you can secure across multi-cloud environments from this single location. So it makes it extraordinarily efficient uh, in terms of the delivery model. Plus the manner in which IT leaders are managing identities in this new security model also needs to change. At one point, a leader only needed to worry about their users having a single identity within a very controlled IT environment that they could almost wrap their arms around. But now considering the really the sprawling nature of applications, whether they be on-prem or whether they be SaaS-based with multiple really disconnected identities, leveraging cloud-based authentication like Azure AD natively or via standards like SAML really allows for more streamlined management of user identity in what we say is the, the digitally dependent world. So yeah, the security model, does need to change. And what we would expect is that the best MS providers have already pivoted to adjust their services and their offerings to suit that new model. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, some fascinating insights there. Thanks so much. It's certainly been a testing time the last 18 months. Let's see what the next 18 months has to offer. Suffice to say, we can all agree moving forward, everyone from the CIO to the CEO right throughout organizations needs to have heightened awareness and vigilance, not just for getting the technical levers right for cybersecurity, but the cultural levers too. Appreciate your time. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this two-part series, Maintaining Business Agility and Data Security with the Cloud Post-COVID, brought to you by Canon Business Services, sister companies Harbour IT and Converger BPO, as well as CIO Australia. A lot to take in, of course, but as you will have discovered listening to both episodes, now is the time for CIOs and CEOs for that matter to start thinking more seriously about how they're going to meet the growing challenges of sustaining and improving operations as we emerge from the pandemic while ensuring they're able to innovate and stay competitive moving forward. For most organizations, going it alone simply isn't feasible, demanding that they choose a capable and experienced partner to guide them on the journey. And of course, as we've just heard in this second and final episode, It's never been more important for CIOs, CEOs and the board to know that they have a truly robust and secure digital environment to protect them from the rising tide of more sophisticated cyber threats, as well as risks within their own organizations as the nature of work changes and evolves. Canon Business Services optimizes business processes, 
freeing organizations to focus on what sets them apart. For more information, visit businessservices.canon.com.au.